movie podcast featuring the Dudley Brothers. I am your host, the indefensible Mike Dudley. I am Marcus Dudley, a.k.a. MD3, checking in with you. Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year's. Twas the night after Christmas and all through the Dudley house. We were talking about movies and whatever rhymes with that. (laughs) So this one's just going to be an impromptu, uh, just... Re, just record just to see how the we got new microphones for Christmas and we're just it's just mostly just a test run to see how our new Yeti a blue a microphones yes, work out. Oh, sponsorships! Give us money. We are aiming for you. We will talk about your product. We are shills. <laughs> Heartless shills. The goal is to get to Marvel where we get to see all of their stuff for free anyway. For free. <laughs> So yeah, man, with it being a new year, uh, maybe talk about the year in review, what we've seen. I know there's, with it being a COVID year and everything, it's like more accessible to watch things because half of everything went to HBO Max. Yeah. And then there's just a lot of stuff I just didn't get around to. Like The Harder They Fall, totally wanted to see that. Did not see it. I mean, the list of movies that I shamefully must admit that I have not seen this year is long and girthy, sir, because I, this year was more about rewatching old favorites and a lot about like comfort movies. So yeah, I can understand that. like, for example, I rewatched the princess bride probably at least six times this year. <laughs> yeah. Like not even a lie on that. I, I rewatched labyrinth probably two or three Mad Max, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that, just piecemeal, just putting on certain scenes and just watching that. Uh, so it was a lot of like comfort movies for me this year. What was the first movie you saw back in theaters? Do you remember? Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, I know we've seen Spider-Man's, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Uh, we've seen Eternals. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I saw... Black Widow. All the Marvel stuff I've seen. Black Widow, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, we saw. It might all just be Marvel movies that got me out this year. I can't, I didn't go out for Green Knight. I didn't go out for I Dune. I Green Knight. I did not see Dune. Uh, yeah, it might have been, it might have been Marvel's year this year for me. Yeah. I think most people are probably, I know I saw Let There Be Carnage. It's technically a Marvel movie, but it's <laughs> technically not too, so. But Yeah. So, uh, like, what did, what did you enjoy this year? What's something you, that was on your radar? There's a lot of stuff, again, I wanted to see. The Harder They Fall, I'm sorry, you look incredible. Your cast looks incredible. Sure, sure. I just didn't get around to it, man. I didn't get, to see, well. didn't get to see One Night in Soho, which I heard is, heard is amazing. Yeah, me neither. Uh, uh, Pig, which was just uh, was, was in theaters this year, and I, I heard was amazing, but I just didn't get a chance to see it. But got it on DVD. I'm going to correct that, and... We'll probably talk about that at some point because I fucking love Nick Cage. Michael is a ravenous <laughs> Nicolas Cage fan. He will never admit that he's ever had a bad performance. Ever. I've tried many times and he just can't. No, Nick Cage is phenomenal in every movie. He's just been in some really shitty movies. I would disagree politely. But <laughs> he, I do appreciate the fact that he does take a swing for it every time. Every time. Like I, I can't remember what movie it was, but one of the directors said... Like and it was it was a performance that it was like oh man he's off the rails on this one and the director said like you have no idea he came in with white contacts snake cowboy boots bleached blonde hair and a wig <laughs> like he was swinging for it like a white leather coat like he swung for the fences on that one he couldn't even get it but yeah I appreciate he takes the big swings in my opinion he doesn't always connect but the man is dare I say it a national treasure hey I see what you did there <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, but yeah, I haven't seen Pig. Um, yeah, I can't really think of. Let's let's go to the internet. Let's yeah, small bit of research. Let's, say, let's start with some stuff. Um, so I did not see Venom. Let there be carnage. But I did. I did. What'd you think? I mean, it's. I don't mean this in necessarily a bad way, but like it's kind of more of the first. And well, I guess I do kind of mean it in a bad way. Because <laughs> the first I wasn't wowed by. I I think Tom Hardy is a brilliant actor. And I think what he does, his iteration of Venom, is fun, but like mm. it's not very representative. It's kind of like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. It's not very right. representative of right. what I think Aquaman would be in right. him for Carnage. Um, like I like what they're doing in terms of they're taking the I, I the the direction of the character is is very much works for them. It's not particularly what I want to see as yeah. far as. 
like like when I think of Venom, he's not that goofy. He's not that like quick witted. He's not this. It's not with the snappy retorts. It's it's very much a different like more violent, more visceral. Um, you know, but then again, I was raised on Todd McFarlane, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, we were raised in, like, I mean, like with Maximum Carnage, and, mm-hmm. and you know, like, the Lethal Protector series, uh, we used to own that comic book. And we're back! Technical difficulties. We're back, we got a call from Yeti microphones to not say their name on air. But anyway, no, we were talking about Venom. Something about blatant racism, and they won't stand for it. Yeah, Michael's previous checker pass, my own, whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But no, we were talking about Venom. Uh, it was okay, man. Like it's, it's watchable. It's not like you walk away going like oh, that was a dog shit movie, but like it's it's watchable. I mean, watching Woody Harrelson just go off is kind of fun. Like, sure. He just becomes unhinged, and it's like surprising. There's not a lot of blood because it's symbiotes, but like, it's pretty violent. Like Carnage, like all the constructs that you would want to see Carnage have, like the axe and the picks, like they go for it. Like there's a point like. I remember back in the comic books, I always thought it was so silly. He did like this whirlwind thing and kicked up a bunch of dust. Yeah, yeah, the, like, like blood tornado thing. Yeah, and they do it, and it makes no sense, but I appreciate the fact that it's in the movie just because it's like, oh yeah, he can technically do that. I, as much as it makes no sense and he uses it once just to do it, it's kind of like, all right. Uh, and there's a lot, They it's kind of like Spider-Man, um, what was the second one, Far From Home? Mm-hmm. In a sense that they do throw in, like when uh, he was hallucinating under Mysterio's gas or whatever, or like his uh, illusions or whatever. Um, yeah, it wasn't gas in the, in the movie. Anywho's. But, yeah, anywho's. But yeah, they do go for a lot of comic book covers. Like they have the, yeah. the one of him jumping up in the cathedral and like him and Shriek together in the um, in the cathedral as well. And like there's just some poses that they do that I can tell is a lot of fan service, which I appreciate. Yeah. But like tonally, it's still just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Like, the first one. It's more concise and, like, there's a more direct path in the first one. The first one is just, like, a series of scenes that, like, I feel like they shot him on a motorcycle. Right, and yeah. And they're like, all right, yeah, well, uh, it's cool because he's on a motorcycle. So well, how do we get through the motorcycle? And we got a scene of him running through the woods. So we just need some filler to get from the motorcycle to the woods. And then he's in an apartment. Yeah, they had concept sets and they were just like, how do we string these together? I felt very much the same way. It was yeah. a lot of disjointed scenes and just like, and then, and then, yeah. and then, and then, and yeah. then, and then. And the, the CGI battle at the end. Was horrible. It was, it was two very dark symbiotes at night fighting each other. Right. And I, in the rain. Yeah, it's just like, what? Like, I don't know. I, it got kind of transformer to me. In terms of, like, the Michael Bay, just, like, well, just, sheer motion of it all, you can't focus on any particular yeah, thing. Yeah, like, when they're all transforming and rolling, and I forget right. which one I'm rooting for. Right, and, yeah. But this one's definitely more concise. It's, it's a fun movie, but it wasn't... I saw it with my good friend Ryan Dunn, so I was in really good company, and I saw... Shout out, Dungey. Shout out, Ryan Dunn. We love you, brother. Uh, but it was also the perfect conditions. There's no greater feeling... I will put this up, like, the first time you get high, and it really kicks in. When you walk into a movie theater, and you and the party you're with are the only people there. <laughs> it is the greatest feeling in the world. So it was just us and we could talk and like, oh man, what was that front? You know, like kind of shoot the shit. And when you right. went to, one of us, you went to use the bathroom, we could actually talk out loud and be like, hey, what did I miss? Oh yeah, this happened. Oh, okay, cool. Right, 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 so, right. It is fun. Like, especially like if it's just you and your crew and you can be rowdy and obnoxious and not have to worry, you know, just do your own riff tracks, whatever, you know, cheer yeah. for the parts you want to cheer for. Yeah. Like, and the stinger was cool at the end. Like, the, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but it's it's been out for a while. But um, right. yeah, this show it, we'll let you know there's going to be spoilers, but it's pretty much at the top, and that's we're just going to talk about what we want. But um, yeah, like the stinger where he licks the screen and it's Tom Holland. It's kind of cool. I'm glad they're connecting it. My my fear is that I don't necessarily know how that Venom, that version of Venom, would fit into the MCU. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It just doesn't seem like tonally to really match uh the rumor now that the new spider-man came out and it's simply a rumor and it's maybe just the internet's well wishing welcome to speculation, speculation with the dudley brothers with marcus or i don't know shit i just read <laughs> uh, where no. we regurgitate stuff we kind of sort of remember from the internet <laughs> pretty much we vaguely chew it out till we get there <laughs> it's pretty much what we do but now the, the rumor is that now that andrew garfield spoiler it again is in uh, is in the new Spider-Man movie that they're trying to make him a third movie with Venom in it. I have no idea if there's any actual fact of that, but I could actually kind of see that because those movies are a little bit. I don't know. 
I just feel like it would fit better. S- similar in tone, more yeah, so little, more so than the Tom Holland one. Yeah, Tom Holland, like the whole MCU was very quick to like have jokes and stuff like that, and I appreciate that Venom goes for it, but he's just a little too like like it's kind of like frenetic energy, and I don't know I don't know how it would fit that with Spider Man, mm-hmm. him running around trying to be a good guy and also wanting to eat Spider Man, and if he's never really met what's his uh. The, the Andrew Garfield character. I can kind of see that working, but we'll see. Well, yeah, the whole the whole impetus of Venom being a foil to, to Spider-Man is that both Eddie Brock and the symbiote have a bad history with, with Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So, so it's, it's two... It, the, 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 the basis of, of Venom is two individuals united against a common enemy that they hate with a burning passion. That's the only thing yeah, that brings them together and makes them better than what they are. Right, right. They're great. They're definitely both greater than the sum of their parts when they're together. Right, right. But, so, so I don't know, but Venom was okay. There was some cool scenes. There was a scene where he's got Venom pinned down and he catched, I think her name's Michelle Williams, whatever her character's name is. And he's like grabbing her, trying to bring her up, and Carnage is standing behind him, and he's just stabbing the shit out of him. I did see, I did see that on the internet. You hear him, oh, oh, oh. It's like, yeah. God damn. Like, Oh, it's kind of, I kind of applauded a little bit, not because I want Venom to get jacked up, but like, oh man, he, he, they go for it. But there's some funny parts, you know, like Tom Hardy's inter- infinitely entertainable, entertaining. Uh, I mean, like I say, he does a good job with it, and I like him playing off of himself. He seems like he's having fun doing it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Manic Eddie Brock doesn't really play for me very well. Yeah. So, well, enough on that. What else do we see? Uh, man, uh, I know we saw the Suicide Squad. Oh my god. I know we saw the Suicide Squad. What did you think about that? It was a complete retribution for everything that came before it. The original Suicide Squad was an abortion of a movie. It was absolutely horrendous. I, like I, and I I generally love all like comic book movies. It takes a lot for me yeah. to 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 really like go like go down a dark path on a, on a, on a comic book movie but that movie just so many random edits and cuts and everything was on a Dutch angle and the third act is just a CGI mesh of just what floating the floating trash in the sky yeah and just not one of the characters was likable like all of them were kind of douchey and, and anyway the second one has none of that it is phenomenal there's great character development you love every single one of the people that you're that you're dealing with Peacemaker, John Cena, shout yeah, out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that show coming out. He was really difficult to see. Yeah, he was invisible. <laughs> Him and Drax should do a movie. <laughs> a blank screen. That's it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think Bloodsport was everything that uh, Deadshot was supposed to be. And for some reason, Will Smith just couldn't do. Um, yeah. Self-deprecating, self, uh, you know... A, a, a little bit darker tonally in terms of, I mean, he tells his his own kid to go fuck herself at some point. So yeah, he does. You know, yeah, he does. Um, it's I mean, James Gunn works well with a group of ragtag misfits, not just in Guardians. Like when it's kind of like the underdog stories, mm-hmm. and, and like the ultimate moral of the story is like you know when the, the Rat Catcher two unifies all the rats and Tyke Waititi's character, the first Rat Catcher, is telling her like. You know, even these rats have a purpose, and this and that, and the third. Like, it's kind of the moral of the story is like, hey, man, you all play a part. Like, it was cool, but it's really, really funny. And yeah. Like when yeah. Margot, uh, when Harley Quinn shoots the one dude that she has like the romantic endeavor with, right. she, <laughs> she like has this whole monologue while he's sitting there bleeding, like bleeding out. <coughs> it's a great scene. The opening scene, spoiler <laughs> alert, where. The first version of the Suicide Squad, where it's Pete Davidson and uh, Weasel and Michael Rooker's character, the Vanguard, or whatever, when they go onto the beach and just get completely annihilated. Oh, it's a bloodbath! Just in the most visceral, hysterical ways. It is so gory and so over the top, and so fucking funny. Like, just the most mangled, terrible deaths you could think of. Yeah, dude. Pete Davidson gets shot in the throat. Wow! <laughs> it's great. Which, I must say, was probably one of the highlights of the movie for for me. Probably. But probably. Not that I hate Pete Davidson. I just hate everything he's ever been in. Yeah, that was fun, though, man. I, I enjoyed that movie. 
And then they gave us Starro, like... Yeah, I never thought I'd see Starro on the big screen, and I was enjoying it. It was great. Yeah, like, they turn it into a kaiju movie, and, like, Harley Quinn's whole thing about when Javelin, uh, the character Javelin gives mm-hmm. him his Javelin, and it's like, oh, it'll, you'll know when to use it, and, and, like, where or whatever, and she ends up stabbing Starro in the eye, and it's, like, this crazy, like, the dream sequences and everything. It's a fun movie, man, like, I, I actually really enjoyed that. That was, a. Uh, like you said, total redemption for the first one. Which the goal is, by the way, to get our middle brother to talk about the first Suicide oh. He, like, wept during that movie. Not of joy, of just... No. Okay, so I saw it with him in the theater, and he was literally in the fetal position, in the, in the, <laughs> in the seat, rocking back and forth, just muttering himself. Just like it, it was a man broken, like like he had seen the face of an eldritch god and just his mind shattered. And just rocking back, like, what is going on? I don't understand what is happening right now. He could not wait to leave. I got more entertainment out of watching his reaction to that movie than anything that happened to that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. the best. Yeah, no, I wish I could have been there for that one. He has sworn off superhero movies because of that movie. He refuses yeah, to see any more. He's a huge James Gunn fan, and I asked him if he wanted to watch The Suicide Squad, and he's like, nah, too much trauma. I don't want to relive it. So, so he's committed. He really hates that movie. Like, He won't even talk about it. It's like traumatic for him. <laughs> All right, I will say this about The Suicide Squad. I think David Ayer's a really good director, and there's shots in there that I do appreciate, like when they fight. Sure. Uh, when they're fighting, when they storm the building. Uh, whatever you see, whenever they do a cut to another uh, like character's action, whatever the previous character was doing is in the background acting out exactly what you just saw. Right. So I think there is a version of that movie that's probably much more watchable. I'm not for the like, release the A or cut, mm-hmm. release the A or cut. Like, I'm not saying all that. but I think we got all we need to out of that movie. Yeah, I but I, I do think he can shoot a movie. I don't, I don't know how much of it. It does feel like there was some studio... Interjection at one point, big time. Of just big like, time. We're going for this now, and I mean the fact that they, I think they ended up doing a couple, like, a couple dozen million on reshoots probably. for. I mean, I it, the the exact number escapes me right now, but they spent some serious coin because they had to redo the ending. Yeah, I, I, I kind of got the vibes like with the fan, Fantastic Four, Fan Four stick. <laughs> when like it's like what does it say like six years later or three years later or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like this time jump and you just smell studio intervention yeah. and rewrites and reshoots like immediately you're like whoa okay well we're not that movie whatever it was was not and shout out to Aunt Mary Rachel she's Aunt in that Mary movie. Rachel she plays, Mrs. Richard's mother yeah, and she was saying that there's a much better version of that movie as well oh yeah I mean. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. She yeah. she we, she had a whole conversation about there was she was on set for weeks and had this whole other backstory that was supposed to play in, and then she just got cut from the movie. Yeah, because... she's in a fray scene, I think, like a quick. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, shout out to yeah. Aunt Mary Rachel. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, so that covers. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. That's um, great. Yeah, you haven't seen the Green Knight. I'll talk about it briefly. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. It's very like. If you go into that movie thinking it's gonna, there's not a single sword fight in the movie. There's like some sword swung, but there's there's no sword fighting in that movie whatsoever. If you think it's gonna be an action movie, I don't know what trailer you watch, but it's not. It's very like heady, and it's it's kind of more of a trip than anything. It's just simply about a journey where some guy has to go face his destiny, which he signed up for, and the cowardice along the way. And it's I thought it was brilliantly shot. I enjoyed it. It was like slow, but in, in that good way where it's not boring. You're just kind of like... like it, it paces itself. Yeah, it's... you get to soak it all in. There's mm-hmm. huge la- like sweeping shots of beautiful landscapes. And Dev Patel is great in it. He's great in it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's he literally carries the whole movie. There's, I don't know, maybe there's like a, it starts off and there's a town, but there can't be more than like a dozen actual speaking lines on that movie. And it's right on. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's the majority of it. There can't be more than a dozen characters to speak. I wouldn't think I'm too far off with that number, but yeah, it was really good. If you haven't seen it, it's it's definitely it was it was a really good movie. So yeah, that was one of those I I had every intention to go see it, and then it just it was gone so quickly from the theaters that yeah. I, I I just completely pa- bypass it. But I'm I I'm definitely gonna sit around and watch it at, at some point, you know. Yeah, I recommend it, man, for sure. You'll, Definitely will. I called my middle brother. He doesn't go to the... He watches, like, 
all, I don't mean this mean, like, he loves them, but he watches terrible movies on purpose. <laughs> not B movies, not C movies, like D-list movies or whatever bad horror he can get into. Every once in a while, he'll watch something a little bit artsy, but I called him and I was like, dude, what's your thoughts on The Green Knight? He's like, I'll actually go see that one. I'm like, okay, cool. Right on. So, if it gets his passive approval on anything, <laughs> anything slightly mainstream, he stops at about 824. Yeah, that's, <laughs> about it. that's about it. That's about it. I liked them better when they were still underground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I did want to see that movie. I think it's Lamb. See, I want I, to see that. I want to see it, but mostly because the trailer intrigues and confuses me. I don't know if this is like a horror movie. I don't know if this is a thriller. I don't know if this is going to be like a really weird, artsy, no talking, like Marcel Marceau kind of gig. Like, yeah. it just. I know that for some reason there's a lamb and this really weird couple and a really <laughs> awkward. Apparently, it does get into soundtrack. Like, yeah, apparently it does get into like a lot of body horror stuff. But also, all the reviews I've read without any like they're trying not to spoil. They're saying it surprisingly has a lot of heart. Like the parents of the film genuinely like care for the lamb baby or whatever. And so it's it's a weird. Everyone said it's like a. A mishmash of a lot of different genres kind of twisted in a blender, and it somehow kind of works. All right. So, but yeah, I only brought that up because it's another A24 movie that getting an escape me this year. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what what else we got? Let's see. Yes. Oh, man. Adam's Family 2. Didn't see it. I didn't see it. Because it was delayed 40 times. Yeah. I, I, I will see it. I do like Daniel Craig's iteration of uh, James Bond. I just, I didn't do it, man. Yeah. Nothing against. Any, I've seen every 007 movie so far. Yeah, so far. Up to, up, except for that one. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat, but it's I'm gonna get to it just because I'm a completionist. I'm not yeah. worried about it. it. It was again in a time of pandemic. It wasn't one that I felt out that I had to go see in the big screen with people. Um, you know, it just it it wasn't necessarily that type of movie. You know, I'll get to it in, in due time. So yeah, and I'm with you on that one. Let's see. Halloween Kills. I heard it was mixed reviews. Did not see. I want to. Dune, I really wanted to see initially, and I was trying to get everybody to go. And because everyone said, see it on the biggest screen possible. Like, that's the one thing. Like, don't watch it on HBO Max. See it on the biggest screen mm-hmm. possible. I was the one, con- like, even people that disliked the movie were like, it's really pretty to look at. You know, I love Denis Villeneuve. However, you say his name. Like, Arrival's an amazing movie, even, yeah, everything he's done, I'm a big fan of, but I was trying to get people to go, and then it just never panned out, and then now I'm going to have to watch it on HBO <laughs> whenever it comes back, but whatever, I'll just have to appreciate it on the small screen. See, I don't know, I, I'm of the mind, I actually, I feel like I can wait until the, the second part is going to come out, and just watch them back to back, and I would get a much better appreciation for it. I've but heard that's just me. I've heard it's boring as fuck. I have but heard that as well. Nothing happens. That's, like, I, mean, I don't know. But, I mean, so is the book. The book is, like, yeah. pages and pages of, like, and then they went and saw the Karnath, who are witches from the desert, and here's their whole backstory dating back to before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's the first half of the first book, apparently. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a huge, like, Dune guy. I just, I like that director. I like the cast has everybody ever in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. So I'm with it. I just, I just didn't get around to it once again. Well, this more is not going to be a year in review. It's <laughs> we're reviewing all the shit we did not get around to because we're lazy. <laughs> really. Welcome to our movie podcast where we talk about shit we haven't didn't seen. See, speculate wildly in our opinions as to how we didn't get around to it. E- uh, French Dispatch. No, yeah. no, no. Last night in Soho. Again, didn't see. We're missing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, here we are. Let's talk about stuff we did see. Eternals. Eternals, yeah. Let's talk Eternals. How do okay. you feel about Eternals, man? Uh, not my favorite Marvel movie. I think it was a little bit grandiose in scope. It, 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 it tries to achieve what happened with the Avengers in terms of bringing together this huge super group, but it didn't really earn it because I didn't get, I didn't get enough time to really appreciate the individual characters as much as I did, you know, like with, with the Avengers, you had a movie about Captain America and a movie about right. Thor, a movie about Iron Man. So you, you got a chance to build and understand their motivations, their character arc, you know. I think with the runtime, like you, you definitely feel the length of that. Big movie. time. But I will say this. I, 
Uh, well, how do you say it? Is Zoe Clow? Clow Zoe? Clow, Clow Zoe? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, the director. Uh, I think she did a, a great job, and I think it was a massive undertaking for yeah. her to try to do this and even slightly make you care about all the characters, all ten of them. And so with that, I, I do give her some props on that. For the time that she had allotted, it was I did end up caring about them in some fashion, form, or function, some more than others. Um, but I think everyone had a quick moment to shine, a reason. If somebody told me for any particular reason, oh, this was my favorite Eternal, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's, it's Angelina Jolie's character. Like, oh, I can see that. Like, oh, it's come on, Gianni. Oh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. For me, it was Fastos. I thought he had the absolute most clear motivation. I thought I was glad that they had a real gay relationship on screen. It, it didn't seem like phoned in or it was just trying to be like, oh, we got to be inclusive. Like, it was, but... It seemed real to me. Yeah, it seemed like a very genuine relationship. Sure. He's like, dude, I've lived for thousands of years, and I have a son now. I got lucky. Right, right. After he helped create the uh, atom bomb, there's a scene where he's just kind of weeping to some Hayek's character, which there's too many of them for me to remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, Ajak, I think is that one. Ajak, yeah. But, um, and he's just like, yeah, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm I'm out. And then he found a, a husband and a son, and... This and that and the third, and they kind of bring him back in, and I thought he had a, a real moment in there. And then, uh, like I said, any any person that said this person was my favorite, I, eh, it's reasonable. But sure, sure. That movie was the one movie this year I walked out of in my initial, like you know, kind of have that feeling when you walk out of the theater. I had no idea what to say or think about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was good, but like, it was also. Like, I felt every minute of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. the third act, once again, I don't really know uh, why the Deviant kind of just showed up at the end. It just seemed like they kind of shoehorned that in. Yeah, the the ultimate storyline with the Deviant just kind of went nowhere, and that was really disappointing because literally, that's three-fourths of the movie, is them being concerned about, oh, this Deviant's going around stealing our powers, he's doing, you know, all this, that, the other, he's killing us off one by one. And then it just sort of ends in a nothing, and you're like, oh, so now we're on to the even bigger bad guy yeah, that we yeah. had no idea. That's great. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, now yeah. we are still still have to save the world. It just seemed like a more of a thorn in their side yeah. than anything. And I was just, again, I, I like Bill Skarsgård. He was fine. But. Sure. I, I, I think that they, the scope of what they were trying to do was just far more than what they were capable of doing, especially in a movie where you have comic book characters that aren't nearly widely known or as beloved as no, Captain America or even Scarlet Witch or any of the other tertiary characters. I mean, at least with Guardians of the Galaxy, they it was a charming, fun movie, so you could get behind everybody. Right. And there there was just there was not a whole lot of charm to this movie. It was it was yeah. There's jokes and stuff, but it's not... Yeah, I wouldn't call it a charming movie. No, no. So, they, I think, to put it bluntly, I think that they just flew a little too close to the sun. Careful, Icarus. Careful, Icarus. By the way, Craig, uh, young Craig Ferguson is Icarus. <laughs> or old Craig Ferguson. I'm right now. Craig Ferguson in the movie. In How something. Anything. Just make him a part of the MCU. I would watch that. Side note here. Who, there's rumor uh, Simu Lee can't... Simu... Liu? 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 I'm not Liu? sure. We're going to butcher it. My apologies, Shang-Chi himself, uh, said that he wants Jackie Chan in the sequel. Please? Can we? Yeah, can we? Jackie Chan is, I think, one of the most entertaining movie stars of all time. I, I will watch pretty much anything he's in with, I mean, Who, so limited exceptions. So my question is, on a side note, we'll get back to the year. Who would he be in Jaws? review. No. <laughs> Michael will tell you who would be in Jaws. Uh, who would you want in the MCU? Like, who do I want in the MCU? one actor, yeah. I would be down with Jackie Chan. I, again, I think, I think Jackie Chan would be great. Um, I would like my my first thought was Harrison Ford, just because I want to see him so grumble his way, just through grumble everything. through something. Um, that's a good question. Um, what actor would I like to see in the MCU? We can't say Keanu Reeves because everybody wants him. I, yeah, yeah, that's that's too yeah, obvious yeah. for me. I think everybody wants him. We all know. Heard your internet rumors. I Sam, would bring in Michael's like Sam Rockwell again, again for everything. <laughs> Make him just uh, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. 
I love JGL, bro. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I think he would be... I don't know what he would fit in as, but I could say... You know what? I could see him as an Iceman. I could see... If they were going to redo the X-Men or something, I could see that. I think he's a better actor than most people give him credit for, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. I I think he's really... Everything he does, it sounds believable. There's a couple movies, but for the most part, when it's a script that he's into, I don't feel like he's reading lines. I feel like he really is responding. But, yeah. That's a good good pull. I would say Charlie Day is multiple, man. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I do like that. I do like that. Yeah, that would be just great. Especially after uh, multiple man started to kind of crack a little bit under his multiple... After he had uh, absorbed all of his, yeah, he had sent him out all over the world to like obtain knowledge and stuff, and he yeah. absorbed, and he was like, "I have so many memories." Yeah, so many man. memories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be a lot of fun. That'd be a good storyline. I, I could watch that for sure. Or just Glenn Howerton as some street level. I could see him killer. as a cyclops. Actually, he would be a good cyclops. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I was a cyclops. Anywho's. So, uh, so yeah, Eternals. Uh, it's it's great. It's not my favorite Marvel movie. It's painfully long. Like. I, I think we both agreed when we walked out of there, you could cut about 30 minutes out of that and it, yeah. it would not affect the story at all. The sex scene was weird, too. Like I, I kinda Just kind of unnecessary. Like, you don't see anything, so it's not really gratuitous, but it's just sort of unnecessary. I, yeah, I kind of feel it wasn't like... so... Pa- I mean, I already spoke about that a few weeks ago, whatever, talking about I, my feelings of sex scenes in movies being gratuitous, not uh-huh. because of the... The sexual nature, just like, all right, I get it. Right, 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 right. It was kind of like it was a, like two, three minutes of just them like laying on the beach and he's pumping, like I love you, and it's like, all right, I get the humanity. Like I, I understood the humanity aspect when, she, when he married her. Right. Yeah, we sort like, of. Yeah. All right. It was yeah, just unnecessary. But again, it's stuff like that. It, yeah. it, 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 some of the stuff where they're gallivanting around in London in the beginning, and you know, like we're trying to reestablish characters that just. It, it it was just a lot. There was there was too much. Um, yeah, there really was a lot in that movie. Again, I enjoyed it. It just I, I appreciate the swing. I don't know if they fully connected. It's a solid double. Uh, let's see what else do we got. Haven't seen Encantato. Encantanto. Encanto. Encanto. John Leguizamo's in that. We should watch it. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah there was a lot we haven't seen. Uh, TV wise, there's a lot to talk about there. Oh my gosh. First off, I gotta give a shout out it, to Big Mouth. It is not a clock. Yeah, I gotta give a shout out to Big Mouth though. Big Mouth dropped a new season, and I'm a Big Mouth guy. I, I like that show a lot. I know it's for 16 year olds or 14 year olds, whatever. But but it it's not really. I'm a I'm a huge fan as well. It's not strictly for you know the teenage set. It's really it, in in a really this is gonna sound like really cliche or really like you know full of my you know talking to my talking out of my ass. But it really is for anybody who's ever had awkward puberty stages, you know what I mean? Which is pretty much fucking everybody because it's a really horrible, awkward time in everybody's life. And so it's really, really relatable. Like there's as extreme as some of the stories are, there's some part of it you can relate to. That's grounded, yeah. 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 Middle school is terrible. If you're having a great time in middle school, I want your life. Yeah. Jesus. Middle school is just terrible. What's it like to be Donald Trump Jr.? Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) A big mouth came out. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought the Christmas episode they did. I laughed out loud several times with the with the the puppets featuring Ludacris as John Wick. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just watching a dog do John Wick stuff was very very funny to me. I mean, I love a good anthology story. Like anytime <laughs> oh, you yeah. can take it in a different direction and and show me something that's familiar but still going kind of a little off the rails, I'm good. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and what came? Oh man, we're skipping the big Wanda Vision. Wanda Vision. That was an incredible show. In fact, we can talk about any of the the yeah. Marvel uh, Disney Plus shows. Uh, yeah, Wanda Vision. Incredible, incredible. Give, gives me gives us one of the best lines ever put down in television, and it's one of those lines where when you hear it, you're like, "God damn it! Why did I not think of that? It was such low hanging fruit. It was Tell so the simple." Line. Yeah, I know you're dying. What is grief if not I'm love pers- that per- that perseveres? Yep, yep. I mean, honestly, it was one of those things where if that's all I got out of that show, yeah. that line, then damn it. Like, it was so worth the watch, just to get to that point. But it gave us so much more, though. Like, it gave us everything we wanted. I I love the the different aspects of shooting different styles of television and and the progression of that. It was a hell of an experiment. And it's weird how, like, Matt Shackman, the director of that, was like, 
the perfect fit to do the most odd mm -hmm. project in television ever. It's like, or one of. It's like he's a child actor, so he gets all that. He was in, like, I think it was Silver Spoons or one of them. I don't know. So, yeah. so one of those. He was a child actor, and then he directed, uh, like, some TV stuff. They ended up in Game of Thrones, so mm -hmm. he got the epic scale of it. Right. He did Always Sunny for, like, a bunch of episodes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 70 episodes, whatever it was. Uh, so, yeah, like, how he came to be in, like, the right place at the right time to take on the job that only he could probably do. It's just crazy. Yeah. But yeah. That show, I, I enjoy the show. The highs of that show are better than any other Mar any of the other Marvel. But like, uh, there is a lot of there is a lot of waiting and wondering in terms of the show. The show propels itself forward through a lot of speculation on 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 the viewers' account in terms of I wonder what's going to happen next or how is this tie in? And they don't really. A lot of my frustration, especially in the beginning with that show, was it kept asking more questions and giving no answers. And so sort of the second half of that show was just this mad scramble to tie everything together, which I feel like kind of got things there. got lost yeah. in the, in the, in the shuffle. Um, but I want to know what happened to the guy that went in, in the beast. That what him. happened? He what just disappeared. That's Where's I mean. that? What if? Yeah. Yeah. I would say this, like it, I don't know how successful that show would have been. And we can thank The Mandalorian for teaching us all how to watch TV week to yes. week again. Yes. But I don't know how successful that show would have been if it just dropped out at once. Because it had everybody talking the entire month of January yes. and February. Yeah. I'm just like, what's going on with that WandaVision? Like, right. what is happening? Right. The speculation, the, yeah, the, the, the what does this mean? What Did you see this, the symbolism in this? Did you see the, yeah, what, was, what was the reference straws, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoping to be right at the end. Yeah. I, I was sad. Where is Mephisto? Exactly. Why Mephisto, was not right. Mephisto in this? Yeah. We were promised Mephisto. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> we were promised Mephisto. I remember Kevin Feige saying that. <laughs> Either way, no, that show was incredible, though, man. Like, I love the moral of the story. It's just like, just find someone that you can be happy watching TV with. That's great. Yep. I'm like, yes, that's all I want. Just find somebody I can sit down and watch TV with. Hence, enough to start a fucking podcast exactly. about it. Exactly. So. Anyways, but yeah, WandaVision was the jam, man. And, uh, and Elizabeth Olsen is phenomenal her, in that. Give her a statue for that alone. I mean, just the, the range of emotion that she goes through in that show, on, on in pretty much every episode, like she is the one to watch. Oh yeah. And and it, it's it's interesting because it's juxtaposed juxtaposed by uh, Paul Bettany's vision, who is. He has comical moments, depending on what the sh the show, quote unquote, right. you know, whatever the episode requires. But for the most part, he's very cool, calculating. Like he is, he's the audience. He's the one that's that's keeps raising the question of like things don't seem right. What's going on yeah. here? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And so he's the only one that seems to see through the veil, at least inside the hex. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, I died. Like wait a second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the, the episode. I think it was two where they, he was the magician. Yes, and he did all the the slapstick comedy. He knocked that out of the park. I was like, in a different alternate universe, he's a old school like sitcom. Oh yeah, I can, yeah. He it's very Dick Van Dyke. It's very yeah, uh, you know him, Ralph Cramden kind of you know slapsticky. Yeah, the Ralph Boner thing kind of. I, I don't care that like it was just. Yeah. I just don't understand if you're doing it. I love the fact that it was. I'm talking about the Evan Peters. Yeah, the Evan Peters as Ralph Boner slash Quicksilver slash Pietro slash whatever. Right. I I love the fact that it was because Wanda's grief was so hard, she was willing to accept an unfamiliar face as one of her own. I like that concept. I do. I love that concept. My question is, then why cast Evan Peters? Right. Like, exactly. From a different universe, if we're not. I, I guess maybe it could still play out. I'll wait and see because now we are getting into the multiverse. So, but it's but not even—he's not even—he's yeah. not even. Yeah, he's not even really Quicksilver. He's not even really Pietro. He's just—I just, mean, literally the only reason to cast him is to troll the audience, yeah, which is yeah. which is fine if we're going to do that and break the fourth wall in that way. But you you can do that once, maybe twice, and then after that we can't trust you or you're, you're just, you're, you're playing with our emotions. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. I feel like it was a wasted opportunity. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it, for it to just be a dick joke ultimately. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Boner. Uh -huh. uh, it's like, okay. But it's a good show though. Other than that, phenomenal. And Catherine Hans Catherine was Hans. the greatest ever. Yeah. Just 
give her so many statues. Yeah. I would give her an underrated performance award. But she's not underrated anymore. She yeah. Came, she bubbled she's to the surface. Blowing the, the fuck up. Yeah. I saw it when I first saw Step Brothers. I was like, she's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah. So. She definitely does help make that movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then we got uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier. Which I is... like the fact that that show was like, we're going to spend all the budget on the first episode. <laughs> and that action sequence is so incredible. He's, Where he's jumping between helicopters, helicopters and, and flying in between them and knocking people out. That was pretty amazing. And then after that, it immediately slows down and becomes kind of a crawl. I, I thought it was a little slow in terms of the pacing. Just yeah, they, they, I agree. We did we didn't need eight episodes of that. We could have probably gotten away with five was, or six. I think it was six. But eh, you could you could have told it and probably you know. I like the. Fa- I mean, we kind of all knew, in, in a sense, we all had an idea of what was going to happen, like what the end of that show was going to be. It was sure. more a question of how we get there. Right. We, we, all, like the we all know that, that Sam Wilson winds up with a shield. It's with, just inherently. Shield, right. Yeah. And that I like the fact that they added weight to it of like, you know, the whole, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the black Captain America, what was his name? Oh, uh, Elijah Bradley. Elijah Bradley. Yeah, Eli Bradley. Yeah, Elijah Bradley. I like that he was, you know, his whole take on it of like, I fought for everything and they still wouldn't accept me as mm-hmm. it would make me accept you. That was wonderful. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the villain in that. I thought she was incredibly selfish. I think there's, mm-hmm. apparently they kind of had to adjust it on the fly due to the pandemic. Yeah, the the whole third act was supposed to revolve around they were going to release a virus or a gas that was going to cause a pandemic. And they had already filmed it. It was already pretty much in the can when it was... And then literally the pandemic started. And they were like, oh, well, we can just not do that anymore yeah. because... Just, so it, it turned into this really generic bomb hostage situation that they never really quite explained. Yeah, it was like, okay, I just, <coughs> I thought she, like, I understand her reasonings to a, a small extent, but I also thought she was incredibly short-sighted, and it was hard for me to be sympathetic or empathetic sure. with her in any real way. It's just like, there's a better way to go about this, but you're just, she's an extremist, I get that that's the point, but it's just, she, I, she didn't really land with me, but honestly, if I can just watch... Uh, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie hang out on screen for all day. Shit. Yeah, those two are hilarious. Together. Yeah, I want to. I want to buddy cop with them immediately. Yeah. Like, Whatever just redo forty eight hours with them. Let's just do that. Every time they're promoting something on, like, when a new Marvel thing comes out and they're on an interview together, uh-huh. a late night talk show, I have to watch it. I'm right. compelled. So I love. They, they can carry it. Whatever, I'm fine with that. And I think the next show that came out Marvel wise, I think, is their most consistent. It had really good highs, and the floor was pretty high on it, too, in my opinion. It's not, it's not my favorite. I'm talking about Loki. Yep. Loki, we got, like, I thought that they were going to be kind of self-contained in the sense of, like, oh, we're not really going to make dramatic changes in the TV show that affect the entire MCU. Oh, no. And they were like, hey, guess what? We're bringing in Kang, uh, Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> we're introducing the multiverse. We're, we're bringing in the multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, the we're playing with line. alternate fucking characters. We've got Alligator Loki, Al- yeah, which like, is the best part of that show yeah. by far. And him and um, uh, Owen Wilson's relationship. Yeah. It was always fun to watch. I got Loki so self-centered that he can only fall in love with himself, a version of himself. Uh, there was so much to like about that show. I mean, it's just Tom Hiddleston being charming and, and Again, gallivant for eight, I, six episodes, eight sign episodes. Me up, yes. Sign yeah, me up. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's so good. You know, it's 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 pretty madcap. <laughs> it loses itself a little bit in in just how off the wall it gets. It it does get a little bit hard to follow, especially towards the the middle and later episodes, just because. Once you start playing with time and variations in the timeline and alternate realities and just like everything goes out the window, so it, it just reminds me why I care about Loki. One, Tom Hiddleston is just amazing as him. But two, we just got to the point where in the MCU he felt redeemed and welcomed again by his brother, and he could really like when before he was killed by Thanos, he called himself Loki Odinson. Right. And then that's all gone, and then we got to start back from from a hole Loki after the Avengers. And so him getting to that point, if every season is him, is everyone just forgetting that he exists, and then he just has to redeem himself for twenty seasons, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, completely yeah. fine with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. being like, oh, how's Loki gonna get back to square one? In this time for these six episodes, sign me up. I'm cool with that. All the performances again were really strong. Yeah, Loki. I think that's their most consistent. But the most recent show, 
that we all watched. Don't act like you didn't. <laughs> they had this most misleading headline, like nobody, like nobody's watching Hawkeye. And it's like it, it got like three hundred thousand less viewers on its debut than I think whatever the highest showing. I think it was Falcon Winter Soldier or right. whatever it was. And they like made it sound like nobody's watching it. It's like one point three million people. Like, <laughs> but I thought Hawkeye Hawkeye is easily my favorite of the bunch of the shows. I love that fucking show, man. I thought it was great. Jeremy Renner's great. Uh, always charming. Always you know debonair and very very cool. Uh, I love how low key he played uh, his Hawkeye character, his Clint Barton character. He's just the entire show. Not the entire show, but for the most part, he's always the guy in control. He's oh, the guy yeah, who's, yeah. who's making moves to the next plan. You know, he's 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 thinking three steps ahead. Uh, Renner plays subdued characters really well. Oh yeah, like, that's his forte. It's like he's gonna knock that out of the park. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Shout out to Wind River. Oh um, yeah, dude. Anything he's that's my guy, man. I, I could go on and on about Renner, but uh, and then uh, Haley Steinfeld was great as Kate Bishop. I, their interactions and their their companionship was really great it was She's this reluctant an, teacher versus this really enthusiastic student um the opening scene where she witnesses hawkeye jump off a building and mm-hmm. catch himself and how it played in later yeah the flashback to the yeah. bat the battle over new york yeah, yeah when she saw hawkeye on top of the building after you know new york was under attack and then later how it plays in and she tells him like you don't you're not a god like you don't shoot lasers out of your hands you're just a guy and i watched you jump fearlessly off of a building, knowing that that you can't fly without any hesitation, right? Because right. that's what you do. Like, yeah, dude, you're a hero. Uh, and just knowing that the Hawkeye brand is in the fully capable hands of of Haley Steinfeld, yeah, I'm fine with that. Is she, I, in my opinion, is one of the best iterations of her comic book part that I've seen so far. Just in short, in, in terms of, of what I read in the comics and what translating I see on the to screen, the screen, yeah, translations. Yeah. It's really damn close. In my opinion. I think in the in the comic book she she's a little bit more aloof. She's a little bit more like too cool for her own good. A little bit, and then later she kind of learns in the comic books because Jeremy Renner's is more a little bit more of the Ultimates version. Mm-hmm. But in the main MCU, the six one six, she starts to kind of see through Hawkeye's bullshit, mm-hmm. and so she's kind of like, "Dude, what trouble did you bring to my door today? Like, right. What's going on, dude? Like." I'm a better Hawkeye than you at this point. I'm a better hero. Like, just leave me alone. And so she still loves the guy, so she still chips in, but she's very tired of his bullcrap time and time again. So I, hopefully we get there a little bit, but I think she's a little too starry-eyed in this version, which works, which works. Right. Early on, that's exactly how she was. Yeah, it, it's the, it's their iteration of, of Kate Bishop, which translates really well. It, it, it plays into what's what the, the groundwork that they've already laid from as far back as the Avengers, and it... Her motivation and her, her reason for wanting to do the things she yeah. does it makes complete sense, you know. Well, Hawkeye died in the comics. Or died, I mean, it's comic books. Quote, unquote. Yeah, quote, unquote. He died in the comics, and she just filled the role. Like, the world needs a Hawkeye. Like, this guy formed the West Coast Avengers. Like, he's right. he's obviously an integral part of all of this. And so she just kind of took the mantle. And then he came back to life, and, like, hilarity ensued, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, that was a great series. It was... Uh, I really like. I really liked how it was a, a much more street level grounded yeah. threat in 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 a superhero world. Like there was no big alien invasion, no monsters, no like big floating bomb to destroy. It was a very ground level. Yeah. It was it was just about a man on a mission and about a rite of passage. Absolutely, and not mm-hmm. only that, it was like I need to clean up my mess that I made as the Roman. But in the process, it is the ultimate eulogy. For the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. is. The whole show is just like, she's like, she was the best of all of us. And like, he knows that in his heart. Like, I tried to best her in combat. I shot arrows at this chick because she, she had still a goal in mind and she still beat me. Right. Like, that's just right. what that is. Right. He has that line where he talks to uh, Yelena, her sister, yeah. and basically says like, do you think that I didn't try to beat her? And she says, well, you should have fought harder. Fought and, he, harder. and he goes, he basically says something along the lines of like, we both know there was no way I was going to win that battle. She's always been better than me. Do you think I could have stopped her once she gets something going yeah. in her head? Yeah, like she sacrificed herself to save the world so I could have a chance to redeem myself and see my kids again. Like, mm-hmm. you think I'm not in her debt too? Like, trust me, I get it. And if you're mad at me, I understand, but I'm not fighting you over it. Yeah. It, to me, the, the 
the show did a really good job of quelling a lot of the questions about people who who always you know like who are are, are always down on Hawkeye in terms My, of like I'll translate what Michael wants to say because I want to say it. stop <laughs> with your Hawkeye hating bullshit. <laughs> Every team he's on is one. Go back and watch the fucking movies, all right? Every battle, all right? When he took on the entire helicarrier, guess who won? Him mm-hmm. by himself. Yeah, okay, do something with that. Anyways, right. Michael, sorry to interject. Stop the hockey hating bullshit. So, yeah, it just shows why he deserves to be an Avenger. Because yeah. ultimately, yes, he's just a dude with a stick and a string. But yet, he's standing shoulder to shoulder with a literal god, a guy who can, you know, smash things with his pinky. Yeah. An icon of America who's the living embodiment of everything we want to be. Yep. And he's standing shoulder to shoulder with them. And they all respect him. So, of course, he deserves to be there. Like, yep. why wouldn't he be? And I think that, that, sh- that, that the show did a really good job of quieting those questions. And, and, and... I'm going to get even closer to the mic this time. <laughs> I know y'all can't see me, but I'm getting closer to the mic this time. Michael said he earned his ride on the Avengers. You heard that? I'm seconding all that. Dude, so I'll get real close to the mic. Anyway, <laughs> that's my guy. I stand up for Hawkeye. We played the arcade game way back in the day at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, the stand up game? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the best part is that because him and Captain America can't fly, you get to pick with Vision. The characters were Vision, Iron Man, Captain America, and Hawkeye. Yep. Iron Man and Vision flew on one of the, the Statue of Liberty levels, and you got to shoot lasers. And then Hawkeye and Captain America got these stupid-ass shitty floating platforms <laughs> that look like Segways on a flat bottom. It is, it's the worst trash ever, but I loved it. <laughs> it's, like, it's the dumbest vehicle. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, that was my guy in that game, too. And and I loved it, man. And I liked how my, my issue with Shang-Chi, I, the first two acts of Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, however you want to say it, Legend of the Ten Rings, the first two acts are top tier Marvel to me. Mm. And I, I, I still like the movie a lot. I did. The issue is it became a, a save the world thing. Yeah. And I was fine with it being a, a guy coming to terms with his family dynamic. I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. And once it became like, oh, we're releasing a dragon. Like, I get how it all played out. But it was just like, now we're riding dragons. And I was like, all right. It got too big. It, it got, got a little anime. It's just big. fine. But. I just, I was fine with it, him facing down his dad and, like, coming to terms with, like, hey, mm-hmm. man, like, this is what we need to do to solve this. I was fine with that. And then it got Save the World. And Hawkeye didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They unified all the, because I was worried that episode six was going to have all these loose threads and that it was going to kind of fall under the same thing of everybody else. And I understand the criticisms of Kingpin. Some people say he kind of fell short. Again, he can't be the exact replica of sure, himself in the sure. Netflix show. We got D'Onofrio. Be happy. Like, be well, happy. but and, and this is something that, that you and I talked about the other night when we when we saw it. Uh, it it's it's very akin to somebody else taking over the writing duties in a comic book. Yeah. Like you're you're going to build off of the character that you've seen before, but they're not going to do the exact same thing as the previous writer. They're going to take it in a kind of a, a new direction or do or put you a heard different that spin. Michael said, "Be grateful Demetrius <laughs> in it." He said he's in it and he's in it. Anyways, <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying, though. It is very much so. Like, it's a new person taking over, man. It's not going to be a one-for-one thing. Sure. Sorry to cut you off. I'm passing it. <laughs> it's okay. It's Christmas, and y'all, I just watched Hawkeye save the holidays. <laughs> I still want to bash my dog. Now I'm worked up about it. I'm going to get like this sometimes. It's all right. Give, but... give Renner a statue is what I'm ultimately saying. <laughs> what does he have to do? Give the man a statue. You know what he hasn't done? He's got to do the biopic. That's oh, what it's yeah. going to do. He's got to do the biopic. Who would Renner play in a biopic? Himself, because he's awesome. <laughs> Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. But the ongoing joke was that Chadwick Boseman was such a good actor that one day he was going to play a biopic of himself <laughs> doing his own career. And I would have loved to have seen that. He was a really good actor, man. Unquestionably. Wakanda forever. Yeah. But I thought that it was going to kind of fall under the same thing, like... A lot of the Marvel movies, especially the early ones, the villains kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. And I understand that Kingpin wasn't on screen for long. I don't think they killed him, spoiler alert. That's no. Anytime the camera pans up and you hear a gunshot, usually that person's surviving somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell you. So, but I think, I'm glad that he's back. I think they'll flesh him out and we'll, we'll have a different appreciation for him. Uh, but I'm glad that they just brought all the plot threads together. It's like, hey, one guy is going to solve all these little loose ends that we've been working mm-hmm. on, whoop, 
here you go. Yeah. It's like, yep, oh yep, man, yep. so now we get a concise finale. And I love, I'm a huge fan, Michael is too, of the Matt Fraction, David Aha run that it's pulled from. Yeah. If you haven't read that, it is one of my favorite comic books. It is phenomenal. Like, especially like we, as we were talking about before, it's like a ground level situation. That yeah. comic book is straight up. There's very little superhero antics, quote unquote. I yeah. mean, it, you, it's almost kind of like a James Bond mission. It's just a dude with a particular set of skills taking yep. on the mob, taking you know. So it's it's very if you if you're not into the whole grandiose superhero idea, this is a great comic book run for you to jump onto. Because yeah, it's, it's, they have a whole one of the single best issues of God, there's two that come to mind when I think of the single best issues that have come out in a long time. One is Batman vs. Elmer Fudd. Go pick that up. And two is in the Hawkeye run. They do uh, an issue devoted entirely to Lucky the Pizza Dog. Mm-hmm. And it's all from his vision. And David Aha just gets to go off. And somehow he makes every single panel make sense as to what they do, like little dotted lines of him like seeing food, almost like the family circus. Right, and right. And it's like back to him down the stairs, and it's like a blueprint map of what he's been doing. And you can follow the story. It's such a wonderful issue. If you haven't got a chance to read it, I think it's in the first volume, Little Hits. Uh, if you haven't got a chance, you pick that up, man. It's in the first 12 issues. But yeah, Lucky is is the hero that we all need. So. And also, yes, he did say Batman versus Elmer Fudd. Don't mock it. It's phenomenal. Yeah, sleep on that. Do yourself Go pick it up now. You're doing yourself a disservice, dude. Google it's it. everything you want. Yes. Like, pay for a month of Comixology or whatever. <laughs> like, just pick that up and read it. Just steal it. Just go to the comic yeah. book store. No, don't do that. Support do your local that. comic book store. Support your local brick and mortar shop. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, what else we got? Uh, I mean, Hawkeye. I was a big fan of them. Oh, the last thing I'll say about Hawkeye. My favorite part is, one, the tracksuit mafia is just brilliant. Yeah. And they were perfect. And I love the fact that at the very end in the final episode, you just saw truck after truck <laughs> after truck after truck after truck just leave from like their little, uh, when they were dispatching them. And I just loved it because I'm like, yes, please just give me all the tracksuit mafia cannon fodder that you can possibly fit onto yeah. a single yeah, shot. Yeah. I mean, it, the, 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 the final battle taking place at, you know, 30 Rock. You yeah. know, is it on the on the little frozen pond or whatever the the ice skating rink? Yes, it and is you a just frozen pond. Thirty Rock described as a little frozen pond. So, but just they're in the center, and you just have Russian bros and yeah, tracksuits coming up. from every angle. Like it's it's like the final level call of duty zombie edition or exactly. something like that it's and he just, just great. solves them all with one magnetic arrow just all my guns bro just, oh all the all the arrows you wanted he's got yeah. if you if you have a favorite trick arrow it's in this it's in there yeah so i'll, I'll just the cannon fodder which they just brought forth the hawkeye i had the biggest smile on my face yeah i was just like oh this is exactly what i want it was a really really fun series like way more fun than i think loki was way more you know it was it was yeah. more lighter in tone than wandavision like they all have funny moments and lighter right. and, and light moments, but this one was definitely a little bit more. It, it's like a PG version of you know like Die Hard, basically. It's just a guy who's Pretty trying much. to get home to his family for Christmas because he promised him he would. Yeah, it's very Shane Black. It's very like Lethal Weapon in a sense. It's very Die Hard in a sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, I, I loved it. I did also well up a little bit when at the very end, uh, Clint called Kate his partner. And she just kind of cracked a smile. I was like, you're my partner. Right. And I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, you did it. The whole, yeah, the whole series, that's all she wants. Yeah, and then she finally gets it and does the same thing. So, yeah, I, I dug Hawkeye a lot. Of the shows, again, I don't necessarily, you could argue that it's not the best. Like, I think, again, I think Loki might be the best. But my favorite, definitely Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I had the most fun watching that. And, again, I'm a huge fan of source material, so. Yeah, other than that, I don't know how much time we got. We can pick up a year in review next week, or? Uh, well, we could just call it here. That's fine. We've got, like, almost an hour into it, so. Cool, yeah. All right, well, we'll probably come back and talk a little bit more about year in review, talk about some holiday stuff. At the as-of-yet unnamed podcast. We need a sign-off. We need to have, like, a... Okay. Uh, well, first off, Michael, underrated performance of the week. Under, uh... Any movie. Any movie? Uh, the, the the little Kittner boy. Who? <laughs> he got eaten in Jaws. Oh. <laughs> Under no, you know what? The dog, the dog that got eaten because 
save that puppy. <laughs> yeah. Until she got nominated for an Oscar and a bunch of Emmys, I was going to be like, I don't know, Regina King and fucking everything. I don't know, man. Rosario Dawson and fucking anything. Huh. Like, whatever. Margot Martindale. Yeah, Margot Martindale and anything. 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 All right. Uh, so, sign off for now. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. We'll catch you on the flip side. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie.